Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. How many of you have had your story harshly criticized? Did you lose confidence in yourself? How do you keep writing after your work's been pummeled? In today's podcast, I'm going to share five mindset shifts to help you not only survive harsh criticism, but come back writing stronger than ever. Stay tuned. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, and each week we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. A writer recently told me this. I have published eight books. I have two prizes for short stories, but... I got negative feedback about a short story from a writer in a writing course who said that my story was, quote, a tale to put readers to sleep, a cheap movie. Since then, I can't write. I lost all my confidence. I am blocked and depressed. Okay, so let me start by saying there isn't a writer or author worth his or her salt who hasn't faced scathing criticism. Yes, even books that are now considered masterpieces have been pretty much slaughtered. Here's what one critic said about one of Hemingway's books. The shape of For Whom the Bell Tolls is sometimes slack and sometimes bulging. It is certainly quite a little too long. And listen to this scathing review of Lolita. Lolita is undeniably news in the world of books. Unfortunately, it is bad news. There are two equally serious reasons why it isn't worth any adult reader's attention. The first is that it is dull, dull, dull in a pretentious, florid, and archly fatuitous fashion. The second is that it is repulsive. So every time we write, We're putting ourselves out on the line. It's impossible to put yourself out there without occasionally facing unkind feedback. But there are ways to reframe criticism so that it doesn't shut you down. So a little backstory. My very first graduate workshop was soul crushing. True, my story was mediocre at best, but I didn't know that at the time. And my teacher's feedback flattened me. And even though there was some positive feedback during that workshop, to this day, the only remarks I remember 
from my teacher amount to this. The father is an a-hole, and this is just lazy writing. So picture this. I'm just entering my first graduate semester, my first MFA graduate semester, and I'm all excited, and already I have my tail between my knees. I had lost all belief in myself as a writer, and for the next few months, I wrote vapid prose, cookie-cutter stories that plotted to predictable endings, insipid characters, truly the deadest stuff I'd ever written. Now, if I hadn't been duty-bound to send my mentor 25 pages of my work every month, I'm pretty sure I would have given up writing altogether. I was so terrified of having my writing judged harshly again, I guarded myself the only way I knew how. I played it safe. Now, I'm happy to say I didn't stay stuck in that safety dead zone, and I've never felt slammed down by feedback since, not because my work was never criticized again, but because I shifted my approach to receiving feedback, and I stopped feeling victimized by it. Here's what I've learned. Number one, choose your trusted readers. Most of us want to hear what's not working in our story as long as it isn't delivered with malicious intent. And there's a difference between constructive feedback and deconstructive feedback. Flaws in our work in progress are inevitable and necessary, and it would be a disservice not to be called out on them. But our best readers are like loving parents. They don't just berate us for screwing up. They also catch us behaving. And sometimes it takes a perceptive and generous reader to catch us being good. Our trusted readers intuit what our work in progress is striving to become. They help us explore why we're writing it in the first place, and they open us up to our work's possibilities. They don't just ferret out flaws, they help us elevate our writing. When it comes to whose feedback to consider, choose wisely. Number two, become your own best editor. Participate in the feedback process. Get a fix on what you already suspect is and isn't working in your draft before getting feedback. Start by clarifying your highest intentions for this work. What is this story about? Who is it about? What transformation does your main character experience by the end? then try to be objective. Stand back. Where do you think you're falling short? Where do you feel the work is vague, confusing, illogical, or sluggish? Putting your own critical eye to your pages makes you an active participant, not just in the critique of the story at hand, but in your development as a writer. It also helps tailor the feedback to what your story most needs from you. And it helps you become more selective about whose feedback best serves you and your work. Because here's the thing, you may get 11 pieces of feedback. Only three of those comments may be relevant, and only you know what's relevant. So number one, choose your trusted readers. Number two, become your own best editor. Number three, keep a beginner's mind. Stay open, curious, and eager to improve your work. A beginner's mind isn't just for beginners, by the way. It applies to the masters, too. The novelist Paul Astor once said this, Each book is a new book, 
I've never written it before, and I have to teach myself how to write it as I go along. So no matter how many successful stories or book you you write, no matter how many books you publish, no matter how many awards you win, every time you sit down to write something new, you will feel like a tenderfoot all over again. You'll still wrestle with point of view, structure, how to make characters more layered and interesting, how to balance backstory with front story, and a barrage of other flummoxing issues. You'll navigate those issues with more sure-footedness, but you will experience the same confusion, frustration, and doubt all over again. With a beginner's mind, you realize there's no there there. Mastery isn't an end result. It's a lifetime practice. And this is the mindset you want to bring with you every time you submit your writing for feedback. It helps to say or think going in, look, I know this draft is not up to its highest version yet, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. What I need from you is to tell me where I'm going wrong. Where am I going right? I'm trusting you to help me bring this draft to its fullest potential. Stay curious. Think of your workshop or writer's group as your laboratory. Ask your readers questions. Because here's the thing. Articulating feedback in a way that's both kind and helpful takes practice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to nudge a reader to get at the essence of a harsh remark. I once had a peer tell me smugly that he couldn't for the life of him figure out who the audience for my short story was. He'd pondered this long and hard, apparently, but the only audience for my story he'd been able to fathom were middle-aged housewives who listened to Neil Diamond. Okay, so he didn't like my story, fair enough, but I wanted to know why. After pressing him for something more specific, he realized what vexed him, my main character's failure to change throughout the course of the story. Now, this was a valid criticism, useful too, because it opened up a fruitful discussion about what my character wanted. I had felt hazy about her desire all along the writing process, and my story reflected that. Getting clear on my character's core desire was a crucial element in charting her transformation in subsequent revisions. Don't defend your work. Instead, encourage readers to articulate where and why they have the reaction they do. Then ask for concrete suggestions for making the story better. Look, if they haven't taken the time to really think your story through, move on. They're not your trusted readers. So number one, choose your trusted readers. Number two, become your own best editor. Number three, keep a beginner's mind. And number four, drop your vanity. It's been over 18 years since my first graduate workshop, and it's taken me nearly half that long to realize why it caused me to shut down. It wasn't just my teacher's caustic delivery about my story's shortcomings. More to the point, there was a disconnect between the quality I believed my story had and what actually played out on the page. Because secretly, don't we all want to hear that our work is a done deal? That our story is brilliant, publishable, or at the very least, almost publishable? The discrepancy between our own notions about our work and a reader's response can crush us to the core. I may not like what my workshop teacher said that day, 
but his intentions were good. He was fighting for my story, a story that was deeply flawed. Had I gone into that workshop without my vain preconceptions, I might have handled his criticism with more grace and resilience. That fear and worthlessness I felt? Yeah, I have to take full credit for that. So number one, choose your trusted readers. You don't have to accept everyone's feedback. Number two, become your own best editor. Put your own critical eye on your pages before you submit it for feedback. Number three, keep a beginner's mind. Writing is a camel walk. It's a lifetime practice. Number four, drop your vanity. Expect to hear that your story still needs at least some improvement. And number five, give yourself permission to fail. That scene you thought you nailed isn't going over so well with your readers. They're confused, impatient. They don't get your character. They're not on board with the mother's desire to have an adulterous affair with her marriage counselor. Now you're unhappy with your writing. And that's okay. That discomfort is natural and instructive. It's telling you where you need to grow. Every story or book starts out as a dim version of its potential. Just know this, where you are right now is not a reflection of what you're capable of. And when you think about it, there's no such thing as failure. It's just pointing you in another direction. So get it wrong. It's only by writing that failed draft that you'll gain the nutrients necessary to write it better next time. Don't be afraid to write bad stuff. Now, as some of you may or may not know, I'm a former dancer, and one of my favorite dances is West Coast Swing. Now, West Coast Swing has a lot of subtle partnership techniques that require understanding the physics of movement. And one of my teachers said something during a workshop that I'll never forget. He said, you have to go through stupid to get to cool. In other words, you're going to write reams of bad stuff before you write anything good. And you're going to write lots of good stuff before it resembles anything publishable. Our early drafts are rarely stellar works of art. It takes re-envisioning and relentless rewriting to transform raw material into something elegant and beautiful. It takes time, rigorous practice, and candid feedback from our readers. Now, that feedback isn't always going to feel good or comfortable. We have no control over who lifts us up or tears us down, not in workshop and not outside of it. But we do get to control how we react to that feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. Not everyone will fall in love with your writing, and that's okay. What's not okay is that you allow yourself to be flattened or silenced. So, number one, choose your trusted readers. Two, become your own best editor. Three, keep a beginner's mind. Four, drop your vanity. And five, give yourself permission to fail. Thanks so very much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed these five tips on how to keep writing after harsh criticism. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. 